Welcome to the No Mongo Podcast, a weekly show about all things skateboarding. My name is Rick Beta, and today I've got a Bay Area skateboarder slash tattoo artist, Ben McQueen. And we're going to talk a little bit about his, his life and his upcoming book. So I'm very excited to chat with you, Ben. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, appreciate it. So just a quick, you know, I'll bring it back, you know, to, to the beginnings, right? The early days. So you you started skateboarding around 10 or 11 got into tattooing around 19 or so and you worked in a skate shop and tattoo shop pretty much from then on right but my main question is are you like one of the lucky few that never had to hold down a nine to five man you know aside from working at starbucks um <laughs> i worked at a journey shoe store at the at the mall as well but yeah i really haven't i really haven't had to uh sit at a desk or be chained to a desk or anything i mean working on this book has been the most i've been chained to a desk at all so i've been really lucky in that way yeah well i mean i know you did a lot of traveling for that too and we'll get into that as well so so what what who what or or who got you into skateboarding originally you know it was uh, a good friend of mine his name was colin i grew up with him um all through elementary school and we we ended up spending a lot of time together after school and i went to his house one day and we both grew up in indiana and in the midwest we have a lot of unfinished basements it's pretty normal for people to have just a yeah. concrete slab floor with nothing else down there except christmas lights and all that stuff so uh we would go down to his basement and just he had a skateboard down there and we just started kind of uh messing around on it and i really enjoyed it so i ended up getting a board of my own and kind of flocked to the other skateboarders that i knew that were at my school we started meeting up every day after school in a church parking lot and just learning to grind curves and ollie three or four stairs and it just took off from there yeah Nice. Yeah. So what are you, what are you riding these days? What's your setup? I've been skating a size eight board for as long as I can remember. Um, I usually skate FTC shop boards right now, uh, from here in the city, but I can kind of make anything work. I suppose, you know, I don't try, I try not to be too addicted to my setup aside from the size of the board, but, uh, but yeah, man, that's what I've been skating. Yeah. I'm kind of the same, um, 8.1 at the moment, but I have a couple eights behind me over here. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel it's like, I don't know, people say it's no big difference, but when I went up to an 8.2, it felt like a boat to me, you know? So I'm like, totally, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm not used to it. So I stick with what I like and stick with what I know. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what type of skating I'm doing too. Obviously, if I'm just going to go to the park and kind of carve around, I might skate a wider board or a bigger board or a board of yeah. a filming board or whatever, you know? So I can, I'm adaptable, I suppose. Yeah, that's good. And, and I know, Almost everyone kind of remembers their first kickflip, you know, except for me and maybe Kyle Beachy. But I'm going to go ahead and assume that that you definitely remember giving your first tattoo, right? Oh, 100 percent. You'll never forget it. I mean, how is that? I mean, I just I try to think because, you know, I mean, I draw, but I can't imagine how it is like drawing on someone's skin. That's going to make it It's something permanent, you know, for that first time. How was that? Can you speak a little bit about that experience? Yeah, totally. I mean, I spent so much time talking about and preparing for the first one, you know, and all you're doing is trying to learn and absorb and sponge up as much information as you can around the shop that by the time the first tattoo rolls around, I think you're anxious because it's you haven't tattooed yet. So you're anxious to get one done. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, everything you thought you knew is completely gone. The cold sweats start immediately. You know, <laughs> as soon as you start tattooing, it feels like you don't know I mean, you don't know what you're doing for the most part, but 
Um, but yeah, I definitely remember the first one. I was living in Chicago at the time. So I was calling in a bunch of friends. I was like, Hey, listen, you know, I need a favor. If you got a little spot on your leg, I can tattoo a skull on you or something. So it's a lot of calling in favors and, and, uh, just crossing your fingers. And a lot of it is just trying to pick a design that is not too complicated or out of your league. A lot of skulls and a lot of band logos and graphics and things like that, just to keep it, uh, you, you don't want to bite off more than you can chew, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I was checking your uh, Instagram. You so you did the uh, the Powell. Uh, um, what the guy? What's the guy's name? I always forget his name. This the the Skull Ripper Powell. Yeah, yeah, so yeah you, whatever. You know. Yeah, you got to do that finally. It looked awesome, dude. Man, I was pumped. I was. It was weird. I'd never done it. I've seen that tattoo. I mean, I felt I follow the Powell page, and I they post a lot of those tattoos. And I started tattooing a guy in town. We started talking about skateboarding, and he was like, "Man, I'd love to get any of those old." you know, skate logos on me at some point, if you're interested, he wants to do like the Santa Cruz screaming hand and the Powell Ripper and all that. So he was pumped to get it. I was excited to do it. So, I mean, that for me is like the best of both worlds, right? If I can tattoo a skate logo and talk about skateboarding and get to tattoo at the same time, it's the best, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure like sharing it on your page is going to get more people to go like, Oh, I want that, you know, and then you're going to probably end up doing it more often. I'm assuming. Right. Totally. I mean, that, that would be, you know, I, I, I want to try to be able to offer just about anything, but, um, you know, I tattoo a ton of skateboarders in the city, which is great. So even if I'm not tattooing a pal logo or whatever, we're still probably talking about skating and geeking out on whatever videos out or, you know, thrasher, whatever it is, you know, but, uh, getting to tattoo that thing was a blast for sure. That's cool. So yeah, yeah let's, let's shift your book now. Um, it's called let it kill you which is described as a thrasher style skate interview and an upscale art book. Uh, so I guess, first off, how'd you come up with the, the name for the book? Well, I think, you know, it's based on the Bukowski quote, find what you love and let it kill you. And, uh, you know, I think with tattooing and skateboarding, they're so similar in the way that um, we invest ourselves into these things. They become so much of our personality that we don't really know how to exist outside of them. Sometimes we find ourselves hanging out with different types of groups of people and, you feel a little bit lost or, you know, uh, so I think for me, it's always been the, the pain coupled with skateboarding. My, my body's pretty broken at this point over the years of just slamming over and over. And, you know, tattooing is certainly not kind on your back or your arms or your hands. It's just like living in this uncomfortable body all the time, but, you know, not wanting it any other way, you know? So um, I, I watched that until the wheels fall off. Tony Hawk documentary and listening to, to Lance Mountain talk at the end there about, uh, you know, just dying for skateboarding and yeah. things, you know, it's, 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 it's a heavy thing that I think you can only explain to another tattooer or another skateboarder. It's, it's, I don't know too many things that people are willing to put their bodies on the line for like this. So um, ultimately that's what led me to the title of the book for sure. Yeah, no, I like it. And just to, to piggyback on that Lance Mountain thing, yeah, I watched that documentary too. And that I got like emotional when Lance was talking about that. Like he he was just talking about the like the CTE aspect of it and how he's just so messed up and it's too late to turn back now and this and that. But it, and it's true. It's literally he's gonna let it kill him, but he loves it and he's still doing it, much like Hawk and all the other guys. And it was crazy. Yeah, it's it's man, that documentary was I think it had a lot of skateboarders tearing up. You know, that, yeah. it was heavy. I love listen. I could listen to Lance and Rodney and all of them talk for forever you know yeah they they need their own documentaries just the I know. Themselves. you know they, yeah, they i think a lot it. of people felt that way for sure yeah yeah they, they've earned it they've earned it so and in the book too i mean so was this something that was kind of spawned you know during the pandemic or or maybe was it even something like because i know you had another book too night of the sun was was there momentum off of that book or how, how did this come about 
Yeah. So I've had an idea for this for a while. It wasn't fully, you know, I hadn't fully taken its form. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but I've always been really attracted to books because they just feel so timeless. And, you know, I, as a tattooer, books are a really important part of my job. So um, I've always been addicted to collecting thrasher magazines and skate magazines and everything else. So I just love books in general. And so, yeah, during COVID, I really started, I was out of work in San Francisco, you know, we were shut down for like a total of almost nine months, you know, tattoo mm. shops were closed. So I had a lot of downtime. I was painting a lot. I was skating a lot. And, uh, I just slowly gears started turning and I started trying to make some moves and figure out if this was something that I could, that I could pull off. And of course, you know, I started reaching out to people. I reached out to Eric Dressen really early on and, and he was really pumped on the idea, you know, trying to find a way to, to sort of tell the story of skateboarding and tattooing and where they meet through the experiences of, of skateboarders that have become tattooers or tattooers that found tattooing through skateboarding, you know? So this, there was a very niche specific place that I wanted to get to uh, via the form of a book, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I love the simplicity of the cover. I wanted to point that out, you know, because it kind of, I mean, I'm just thinking like just a, someone who's not even into tattoo or art or even skateboarding, it just is going to spark some curiosity for someone to pick it up and grab it. Like, what is this, you know? Um, but uh, yeah. I, I also noted too on my notes, like, you know, speaking of the cover, you know, much like in your profession, did you draw that skull in like your first try, first attempt? Man, you would think if it was a tattoo, I probably would have done it first try, but I drew it over and over and over and I bounced it off. I'm doing this book with two other guys, my, my kind of partners in the book, Brandon Burdine and Andy Eklov. And we have like a Slack chat and I kept drawing skulls and putting them in there. And I think because I knew it was for something different than a tattoo, I, I, I chewed it up and spit it out multiple times, mm. redrew it a thousand times until we finally got one that we were happy with, but it was so different drawing for something that was going to be the face of this, you know, passion project that I had going on. So I think I was extra critical of it, but we're really happy with where it landed. We wanted it to feel uh, a little imperfect and, and sort of sketchy and, you know, you know, 80s skateboard graphic meets tattoo image kind of. So yeah, we're, we're pumped on where it landed. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, no, it's cool. I like said, I like the simplicity of it. It's just, and it gets, you know, it gets your curiosity going. And, but one thing, I mean, I haven't, physically seen the book uh, in the pictures one thing i noticed too is that it, it's a hardcover book was that an yeah. easy decision for you it was it always going to be hard you know hard back all along i mean we wanted it to be just because i wanted it to feel classy you know and i something about a hardcover book and the way it sits on your shelf and the way it ages you know we that was the goal but of course this was different than the first little book i put out um you know, dealing with the supply chain issues and paper shortages and all that stuff. Now it was, it was night and day different with what we were going to be able to basically pull off. So, um, I didn't realize, you know, that it was going to be so hard to get these things. So once I figured out, we wanted it to be hardcover and I had accessibility to getting that done, I wanted to go for it, but we definitely toyed around with like, should it be soft cover? Does it matter? You know, blah, blah, blah. But we landed on hardcover and it was, it was perfect. So, yeah, no, I mean, I prefer it too. And I, and I, and I mentioned that cause you know, primitive, I don't know if you watched their video define yet. Um, it came out. Oh yeah. So that was a great video. And I think they, they had a photo book to complement it. And I looked it up, I think it was like 50 bucks or something, but it was a soft cover. I'm like, Oh man, if that was a hard cover, I'd be buying it like right away. So I don't know, it, it makes a big difference for me, you know, and so that's why I had to ask, you know, because I mean, I think it looks better. And like you said, it, even when they're sitting on the bookshelf, too, they're not gonna be like kind of sagging and it's gonna be more, you know, uniform. Yeah, we, we you know, I, even with collecting thrashers and stuff, I want it to look 
a certain way on your bookshelf, you know, if you're missing one of them, you know, because we're going to do multiple volumes of this. So if you're missing one, it makes you want to go get one. Maybe they're each a different color. We haven't fully, you know, figured out exactly what we're going to do next. But yeah, having it be hardcover and just the, we want people to pick it up. We want people to be incentivized and to say, this looks interesting. What is this? Even if you're not a skateboarder or a tattooer, you know, if it, if yeah. it breaks that third wall and, you know, other people are into the book then great, you know, so. That's true. And you mentioned a good thing I didn't even think about, like, as far as like a creator or, or uh, creating a book, you know, do you keep it the same color or not? That's a very good. I never even thought yeah. about something like that. That's that's a that's a tough decision. Yeah. You know, I met with uh, early on in the process. I met with Andy Pitts, who's uh, one of the big art directors over at Deluxe. And he had the idea of he was like, you know, what if the book was like, you know, volume one is red and then two is yellow and you sort of like work your way down the line it's gonna it's gonna make you want that book that you're missing you know for yeah. the sake of how it looks on your bookshelf and i i've thought about that ever since he told me and it's a it's a great idea so i think we're gonna take it so yeah that's cool though and, yeah. and one thing i've noticed too is like seeing some of the pictures of like your interviews i just want to give you props a huge shout out to how professional your audio setup looks, dude i mean you're not <laughs> messing around right yeah yeah you know it's i had no clue what i was doing i I started looking into like how to do it. And, you know, I bought a VX actually that I haven't, haven't owned one of those in, in years, but I bought one originally. I thought, you know, maybe we'll record these, you know, put a camera up in the room or something. But I started talking to people and they were like, you know, as soon as you put a camera in people's faces, sometimes you get a different result. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe we have something like, you know, some sort of recording device that we just set on the table. Honestly, I just basically got a podcast set up, you know, more or less. Yeah. And so I think sometimes people, think it's a podcast which is fine but uh you know for all intents and purposes we're recording it like that so we have the audio if we ever want to do anything with it but yeah then we just take it home and we pull the audio and transcribe it and you got to comb through and trim the fat and, you know there's a lot of stuff that we end up not using uh but just editing it from there but yeah that was the idea for sure yeah no i like that and like uh, you know most people like you said they'll just plop out their you know smartphone and put the voice memo and just record it and transcribe it because that's what you're doing anyway but I think, yeah. like you said, it it makes the project seem very professional in which uh, would also be, you know, more, like you said, more relaxing for the guests. You know, it's not a, yeah, it's like you're in a, on a movie set, you know, and less pressure, you know. So I, I had to point that out. I noticed that it was it looked very. Man, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been, you know, it took a lot of work and, and also just learning to interview people, you know, and, and it was definitely, um, I started with Tyler Bledsoe and Cheyenne Sawyer in Portland and we did a little three-way interview and I think I learned a lot from that one. and just kind of taking a little bit away from each interview. Uh, we usually recorded about two hours, you know, and the interviews ended up being a little over 30 pages each, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, and then I, I recorded in, in Barcelona with uh, Hanno Navarrete and, you know, we recorded there and it was a lot, it ended up being a lot shorter because of the language barrier, you know, we mm -hmm. had a translator and stuff, but uh, we're really happy with how everything turned out. I think it looks great. I'm excited for people to check it out. That's good. So do you have some footage, uh, video footage as well, or is it just audio? We shot some Super 8 footage. Um, that's kind of all the video footage that we did. And we just did that. I love Super 8. I love the way it looks. And I think we're going to probably piece together a couple little things. We've done a few little teaser things on the Instagram page, but we want to try to put together something at the end, uh, maybe for the book release party that we sort of loop um you know on a screen or something so we got a lot of footage and we just wanted we figured the more we had content wise you know the better so that way we can decide if we want to do something with it moving forward but 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, even if you want to make like a kind of like a teaser trailer or something just to hype it up, you know, and just get. Yeah, it. we just I just wanted to record and, and shoot as much as I could, you know, just so I had the option to use that stuff for sure. Yeah. And you, you, you mentioned one key thing I've noticed, too, is is um, why was it so like important to do these interviews in person? I noticed that. Yeah, you know, I because this I mean, foremost, the easiest answer is because it just meant so much to me that I wanted to do people the service of like, hey, let me come to you. Mm-hmm. Let's get in your element. Make sure you're comfortable. We'll sit down at your tattoo shop or your skate shop or, you know, we recorded uh, Jamie Thomas at zero and, you know, all these places. So I just wanted people to feel comfortable. I didn't want to, uh, you know, ask people for too much. I said, I'll just come to you. And I love to travel. I've traveled a lot for skating and tattooing both. So it's easy enough for me to jump on a plane. But I also like, you know, I feel like when uh, you read an interview, sometimes, whether it's in Thrasher, whether it's, you know, in any other publication, I can feel it when they're not together. You know, I can (laughs) feel the stiffness of an interview. Um, If it's, if it's like, I'll send you the questions and you send me the answers. Oh yeah. You know, first of all, it just takes forever to hear back from people. And I just wanted to get it going, but also I just wanted it to feel like a real conversation. I wanted it to be fluid. I wanted to have a chance to ask someone to embellish, you know, more of what, you know, tell me more about that thing, you know, as opposed to just leaving a cut dry, almost like a cliffhanger, you know? Yeah. So that was the, that was the goal. And I think I'm, I'm glad that I did it that way, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. And, and I noticed that too. And, in, in like, you know, we're just using Thrasher, for example, you could tell which ones were emailed beforehand. Cause a lot of the times the answers sometimes will lead to more questions, but then you don't see them, those questions being asked or like, yeah, that was a perfect opportunity to ask about that. They just talked about, but sure. they yeah. went on to their, you know, their, their script, so to speak. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was huge and important for me. And, you know, plus I just wanted to be able to get the photos during the interviews and things like that. I just yeah. felt like it was going to, the book sort of reads like a, like a trip, you know, there are sort of journal entries at the beginning of every interview about the day and how we got there and what happened. And, you know, uh, so it's, it's more unique than just interview, interview, interview. Um, it's got a little flair to it in that way. So that was something that I wanted to be able to pull off and it felt like going in person. Also just an excuse to go hang out with these people, you know, I hadn't met all of them. So yeah, yeah, it was great. That was going to be my next question. I mean, did you know any of these, uh, individuals beforehand? I mean, how many did you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, I told Jamie I'd met him a few times at demos and stuff when I was a kid at Fallen Demos and Zero Demos. and uh, But I didn't know. I knew Nathan Costeco. I knew Cheyenne Sawyer. And I'd met Chad Kelplinger a handful of times. But ultimately, I outside of Cheyenne, um, I didn't know anyone on a real comfortable personal level, which I think kind of was cool. You know, I, I knew just enough about their story, but not, but to leave me more interested, it made for a better interview because I think I genuinely wanted to know like everything about them. And, and so in that way, I think it led to, uh, a more, more interesting content for the book for sure. So I didn't really know them, but I was geeked mm-hmm. out to meet a lot of them and, and, uh, yeah, everybody was great, man. We had a blast and it felt like, I think when you meet, other when skateboarders meet other skateboarders or tattooers meet other tattooers or whatever it is you sort of immediately don't have to like deal with the small talk or the sort of like back and forth it's like let's just jump into it and talk about skating you know that's true but yeah i I wanted to geek out for a moment because you know how was it meeting eric dressen i mean is he as cool and chill as he appears man he's the best he was uh that for me that was almost like the white whale person for the book where i was like man if i can get dressing on board i think i'll have something really special 
you know, because yeah. I knew that he had started tattooing and that he had been tattooing over the years. I knew a little bit about his story, but he was like coming up with the idea for the book. I sort of had him in mind for, you know, the whole idea of it. it was like, this is, this guy's perfect, you know, and I've been such a fan of his skating over the years and his tattooing is great. And so he was the perfect person to start with. So when I got a yes from him, I felt like I had twice the level of confidence and twice the level of, you know, I just knew the book was going to be that much better having him involved. And man, he was the best. He was so hospitable. And he called, I was driving down to Venice to interview him and he called me on the phone and I was like, Hey, what's up, man? And he's like, uh, you know, totally forgot that I'm supposed to judge the skate contest. And it was, I forget where it was. Maybe it was, it doesn't matter either way, somewhere else. And I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm halfway down there and I'm like, okay, you know, like I'm flying my guys out to, to that area as well. So we can all meet and do this. And, and he was like, but you know what, my, my agreement was to you and I'm more excited, you know, I'm excited for this book. And I, it's really important to me that we sit down. I just felt like I wanted to be open with you about what I had going on, but let's do it. I'm going to be there tomorrow morning. He showed up and right on time. And it was sick, man. His interview is one of my favorites. It's great. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I talk a lot about skaters on this show, obviously. And, you know, I always tag them if I talk or whatever, maybe I talk about their videos or whatever, you know, 98% of the time, I don't even get like a, an acknowledgement. I don't expect that. You know, I, I just say, Hey, you know, I chatted about you on this podcast and he actually reached out. And so he obviously listened to the episode I talked about because it was one of his, uh, it was, I think it was last year. And he was just like, Oh, you know, thanks for the kind words or this or that. And I was just geeking. I'm like, no, thank you for all you've done for skateboarding. You know I mean? So it was cool just to get like for him to take the time just to DM me real quick. Say, Hey man, thanks for the shout. I'm like, he's, he's the guy that will do that. You know I mean? He, yeah. It doesn't, nothing goes unnoticed with him. I think he really understands what he's done for skateboarding, but he's still so humble and, I think his perspective of skateboarding is so unique in the way that he got into it when he got into it. He was as young as he was. He's seen so many different eras and so many different firsts and all this. I mean, yeah. Eric is unparalleled, man. He's, he's the best. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was, I mean, I wasn't surprised to hear that from you, but, uh, but yeah, I was just like, he just, he, 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 like you said, he, he doesn't really know the impact that he's, he's provided for all of us growing up and just sure. inspiration and, and just for him to be a cool dude, not, you know, some a-hole, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know, but that says a lot, man. It was cool that you got to chat with him and meet with him. Yeah, I was pumped, man. I was so excited. I didn't want him to be the first interview I had. I did him maybe third or fourth because I really wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing before I sat out with him, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And you had the proper setup. You were set. Exactly. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta have, have it good for dressing. So, and what I like hearing about, you know, people, of course, I'm talking about just friends or anyone in general are like the stories like behind the tattoos and stuff like that. I mean, there's always something, right? So, I mean, how does it feel like that you, you single-handedly are like helping create, you know, memorable moments like for your clients and, and, and that kind of thing. Is that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's heavy and it doesn't go unnoticed. I think that there are times when you can get yourself on autopilot and you're just kind of like tagging in and tagging out and doing the tattoo, but Every now and then there'll be a, a client with a story that'll suck you back out and remind you of what you're doing, you know, for them. And maybe you're getting them through like a death or a loss, or maybe they've just learned something about themselves and they want to mark themselves with a tattoo to remember it. I mean, it's a heavy job, you know, and you have to be able to be adaptable and to be able to talk to people and to be able to sort of almost be like this pseudo therapist type person for them, you know, and they, they come to you for, 
you know, a heavy thing. I mean, that that's, doesn't get much more personal than that, you know, sitting with someone and letting them put a tattoo on you. It's not going anywhere forever. I mean, that's heavy. So I, I definitely uh, try to not take that for granted, I guess, you know. Good point. Yeah, that's true. You mentioned keyword therapist. I mean, you are, yeah. you're kind of their therapist because either was, either they're celebrating something or the, uh, a loss, like you said. I mean, that's true. I mean, because for more, more often than not, there's, they're coming to you for a reason than just having like ink put on skin. You know, that's, that's a very good point. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's crazy. The stuff that you'll hear even, you know, sometimes people just talk to help them get through the process, you know? So they'll be talking and talking and talking. Next thing you know, they're like told you their life story, they're getting a divorce or their kid is sick or they're losing a parent or, you know, whatever the case may be, yeah. you know, they just, they just talk to sort of, uh, help them through the process. And I, you know, I listen and I, I like to talk just as much as anybody else. So if I can help them in that moment, I try to uh, be able to listen and, and, and provide whatever I can, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're usually, you guys are usually there for a long time. So might as well yeah. you know, just not just be a, a quiet. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, do you ever like run into like some of your clients? I mean, a lot of them are local or they fly out to see you and do you, do you run into a lot of them? Yeah, I see them a lot, man. A lot of them, thankfully, I have a lot of repeat clients, which is really fun because, you know, mm. the more I see people, the more I get to know you. We can, it, it almost feels like with tattooing, we just pick up where we left off. You know, they come back in and I'm like, how'd it go? You know, last time I saw you, you were about to do this or that or move or whatever. Like, you know, so it's nice. You get to know these people. And I mean, everybody that I tattoo, I feel it's almost weird at the end going to charge them or something because, I mean, granted, <laughs> it's my job. I got to yeah. take money. I got rent to pay, especially in San Francisco. But I feel like I learned so much about people that we become friends, you know, by the end of it. So, uh, yeah, people come back and it's great. I see people out and about tattoo a lot of skateboarders. So I'll see them at the park. I skate with some of my clients. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I think it must be so awesome, you know, knowing that, you know, your clients eventually down the road are going to get asked about their tattoo and they're going to, they're going to name drop you and maybe tell those stories. So, I mean, that must be so cool. I mean, it comes with such like a sense of pride knowing people are out there just say, Oh yeah, Ben McQueen did this one. It's great. I mean, thankfully the skateboarding community alone is like paying my bills. You know, these kids are all coming in and getting tattooed, which is great, you know, and it's just, it's great for me and they're really supportive and I tattoo everybody. I tattoo soccer moms. I tattoo kids that just turned 18 and they're getting their first tattoo. I tattoo nice. people they come back every couple of weeks to get their back worked on or whatever. I mean, it's all over the place. You know, I do firsts and lasts and all over. So, uh, but they're all fun in their own way. And I'm, I'm really stoked to get to tattoo skateboarders. That's always been the best, you know? Nice. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't have any ink on my skin uh, yet. Uh, my, my wife has a, a few and I got a lot of friends that all do. I just, I just have it. I'm going to be one of those late bloomers and there's no reason <laughs> why, you know, it just, yeah, hey, it's all good. Yeah, I haven't yeah. yet. You know, there's nothing that's been like that resonated with me. Like, I want that, you know, so it, it'll come. I'm just not forcing it, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with never getting a tattoo. Yeah. You know? it's, it's totally uh, individual, uh, up to the individual. If you want to get one, get one. If not, don't get one. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's no pressure. So yeah. re regarding the book, so um, like how, I mean, I know you mentioned you travel too. Like how far have you traveled so far, even just for this volume, volume one? So for this book, we've done uh portland los angeles san diego barcelona and nashville tennessee so barcelona was the furthest for nice. sure um but yeah that was you know it was a blast man we went we took a few days and went to all these spots and hung out and you know 
got food and skated and chilled and it was great man yeah it was fun so and i hadn't been to barcelona so that was that was huge obviously for skating i was really geeked out to get to go and look at all these spots i've been seeing over the years and it was a blast man yeah it's on my bucket list too i haven't been but yeah that's also awesome to be able to combine you know the best of both worlds for you right there oh it was amazing yeah (laughs) it's like yeah um i was gonna say so so yeah so you you travel and then um yeah, I totally blanked what I was going to say. You said something there. Maybe I'll come back to it. But yeah, um, yeah. so regarding like this current volume, so you've you've heard a lot of great stories, you know, and you actually, yeah, here's what it came back to me. So you mentioned therapy, you know, being a therapist you know, of all these stories that you've heard from from these legends. I mean, do you think in hindsight now that's all I mean, because the book's done, right? You're just kind of waiting for. Yeah. You know, chain. So do you think that it has the possibility to maybe connect with some people on a different level than maybe you had imagined after you heard all these stories? I mean, I don't see how it couldn't, you know, I think that for me personally, I think the most moving part of the whole process was talking to these people that I've idolized, whether it's through tattooing or skateboarding my whole life and realizing that, you know, we're not so different, you know, and Mm. I think sometimes we have the ability to put these people on a pedestal and, you know, rightfully so, but to realize that, you know, I had the same experiences feeling lost or, or displaced or something as a young skateboarder in school, high school, whatever, as Jamie Thomas or Eric Dressen or whoever, like that we all go through these things um, the same way. So I, I think for me, it was just, it was really moving to be able to sort of listen to them tell their story and be like, man, I wasn't, I felt super alone in those moments. You know, I thought I was the only kid in the world that felt the way I felt, but to, to talk to them and to find out that that's not the case was huge. So I think other people picking up the book could easily read that and discover that in the same way, you know, maybe it'll uh, get someone pumped up to learn how to tattoo or pursue an apprenticeship or pick up a skateboard or whatever it is. You know, I think for the, the coolest thing for me is talking to kids that grew up skateboarding and left it, you know, because they, you know, life happens, maybe you have kids or a family or you start a job and, Finding skateboarding again later in your life when you've walked away from it for a while and realizing that it was just there for you the whole time is, is awesome. And maybe it'll push someone to, to go buy another board or something, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking, you know, like maybe it's someone that's just starting out or, or maybe they're too scared to kind of make the leap and buy the equipment to get going. Or maybe they're like, you said, and they're in a dark place, you know, and this, you know, that's why I figure maybe these stories are going to really help someone. That's, that's cool. I mean, cause you can't see that. I mean, maybe you had some some thought about it going in, but you, after you hear these stories, you're, oh man, you know, so and so went through this and they went through this and just amazing. Yeah. So that's cool that now you get to you know share it with the world. Yeah, I think as artists in general, whether you're a skateboarder, a tattooer, a photographer, a painter, anything, fill in the blank. I mean, it's a vague term, art, but uh, we're so hard on ourselves. You know, I think we're our biggest critics, and I'm sure that you listen to some of your podcasts back, and you know hate the way you sound, or I should have asked this question, or I should have asked that question. And so I think through the book, you know, at least people can sort of compare experiences, or maybe it'll help build someone's confidence to do something. And, you know, at the end of the day, if, you know, people buy the book and just enjoy it, then that's great. But if someone learns something from it, I mean, that's huge. So I I would be really excited to hear from people if that was the case. So yeah, no, yeah, creating anything, you know, I in my spare time, or when I'm feeling inspired, I, I also try to write, you know, I went to uh, film school and uh, got a screenwriting degree but you know and that's a whole other you know combination of 
writing, you know, feeling confident to share to the public or just even friends in here and like, oh, this is okay, or it sucks, or it's great, you know, so I, I could relate on that front where you said it's, you know, there's always, you're always doubting, and that's part of life, right, you have to move on and, you know. Yeah, know. especially nowadays, you know, as soon as you publish something, it's, it's, it's out there, so you want to make yeah. sure it's great, and you're putting out your best work at all times, so I hear you. Yeah, so um, I probably got a couple more questions for you, but I wanted to get the, the key nuggets too. So this book is slated is for an October release. Is that still correct? Yeah, so we're looking at October 14th is the date. You know, that's just to give us a little bit of buffer of time. We've, we're having the book printed right now. It's just, you know, things are taking a while, which is should be expected, I suppose. But we're going to do the first release party in Los Angeles at Marriage Skate Shop. It's a newer shop in Echo Park. Nice. Um, it's great. So it's going to be super fun to have there. We'll get some, some drinks and a food truck and just kind of hang out. Hopefully all the guys from the book can show up and get kids pumped up and say, Hey, and everything. So, uh, we're going to do another, uh, release at another skate shop, kind of like my hometown skate shop in Indianapolis minus skate shop. Okay. So we're going to try to do one there in Indy. And then, uh, I'm looking to do one in New York. I'm kind of trying to figure that out right now, sort of as we speak. So, uh, we could do, you know, just a few, and then the books will obviously be available for pre-order and, and, and through the web store and stuff like that, which we'll, we'll announce that stuff on the page closer to when we have it all set up. That's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, put me down for a copy, man. I can't wait to to hear about it. Um, I'll definitely be hyping it up and pumping it up for you. I love it. Yeah, thank and, you so and, much. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear it's, you know, one of multiple ones. And I'm sure you guys will just, as long as you're feeling inspired and pumped and you're having great interviews, you're just going to keep these going as for as long as you guys want, right? Yeah, that's the plan. We got a lot of cool names coming up. I'm excited to, to kind of unveil for volume two. So I think people are going to be extra pumped. So that's true. I'm sure, I mean, just even just through basic networking you're gonna talk to say some us uh, you know an eric dress and he say you know what you should talk to this guy or gal or hey you should talk to, and then you probably have a nice list growing for uh potentials right? yeah it's it's pretty crazy i mean just even eric's a perfect example i left that interview and he was texting me within an hour being like oh i totally forgot you should hit up this guy he was jim muir's phone number and i was like jim muir what and he was like that dude was getting tattooed before everybody just text him tell him i told you you know and nice. I'm like, man, this is wild. This is, you know, so it's it. Everyone I talk to has got five more people that I should hit up. So it's definitely an uh, an open ended conversation, and it's a long story to tell. So I think we'll keep going as long as it feels natural. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure you're gonna get even more after the book is out, you know, and and people are gonna rereading it, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, I'd love to talk to Ben or blah blah. blah. I have a story to tell, or you know, there'll there'll be a lot of people coming to you as well instead of just you know uh, getting numbers from individuals. Yeah, totally. That's the plan and the hope. So, so good. So I got, I got one more for you, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and from the, from just from the pictures I've seen of you, you know, and just talking to you today, I, it, I noticed you've got obviously a lot of tattoos, but is it true that you actually hate getting tattoos? Man, I, it's, it's very true. <laughs> I'll do it, but I got to get myself super pumped up. It's like, I'm going to skate a big rail or something. I got to pump myself up real good, but I think tattooers hate getting tattooed because we get all the easy spots off the off the list quick, right? The arms and the legs. Yeah. And then we end up with armpits and feet and all the stuff that we know sucks. So I go through phases where I'll get tattooed more regularly, but yeah, I still got spots left and I gotta I gotta get around to it. But I, I, I originally had the idea of maybe doing these interviews, you know, while getting tattooed by some uh -huh. of these people and I was like, man, my questions are going to be so crazy if I'm trying to focus on getting through the tattoo and talking to them. So I decided to maybe put a pin in that. But 
Yeah, it's not fun, man. But the first few are always easy because you're excited to get them. But yeah, they're getting easier for sure. Yeah, I think that's probably honestly part of the reason why I haven't gotten one too is on my pain thread. I'm such a wimp when it comes to pain. So I'm like, yeah. dude, I'd hate to go into it and be like, I'll be that one guy. Like, you know what? Hey, we'll just leave it like this. This is good. It makes no sense. <laughs> Here's my tattoo. But <laughs> so I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a wimp like that too. But I, it makes sense. Like you, those key spots, like. Uh, yeah, they're rough, man. So, or if I'm hurt from skating, maybe I'll get tattooed. Cause I got to, you know, once you get a big tattoo, you don't want to go skate immediately after that. You don't want to, you know, be falling on it or whatever. So yeah, exactly. You know, and you, as you know, I mean, as, as we get all these falls hurt more and uh, recovery time uh, gets longer and it's the worst getting tattooed sucks way more as you get older and skating hurts more, more when you get older. Yeah. So I don't know what the correlation is there, but yeah exactly cool man so where can uh, like anyone listening to find you what's the best way to get in touch with you um social media all that good stuff yeah so my uh my main instagram that i use for all things tattooing is just at ben mcqueen tattoo and then for everything uh for the book it's just at let it kill you book so i try to post a little bit on both but uh for all the book stuff you know the the uh announcements for the parties and volume two and pre-order information and all that stuff just make sure you're following let it kill you book cool Excellent, yeah. dude. That's it's been a pleasure, dude. I mean, I know this book's going to be a, a success, you know, volume one of dot, 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 many more. But yeah. um, I'll be I'll be keeping an eye, too. But as it gets closer, you know, keep me in the loop. You know, if you got any places that's going to have a you know, you want me to plug for you, I'll, I'm more than happy to spread the love, spread the word. For Amazing. You. Yeah. Thank you so much, brother. I really, really appreciate you having me on. And I'll definitely be uh, keeping you in the loop for sure. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Later, man. Later, bud.